Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I got hit. I don't even remember it, but I got hit. I suffered an embolic stroke first, and... I kind of lost like my memory of that game. I knew I played four games, but I didn't remember the the like. Apparently, I scored an 80-yard try and had a throw-in that was straight down. If you understand rugby, that's really bad. <laughs> but I don't remember it. I went down. One of the players' girlfriends like sat with me, asked me like all these things, and I wasn't answering correctly. Now I know, but I couldn't remember like getting in the ambulance, going to the hospital. I don't remember any of that. I remember there were two hospitals for them to go to. It was Presbyterian or something, and Mercy Hospital. And they were going to Presbyterian and then decided they had to turn back and go to Mercy because they figured out I had a stroke. They cut out half my skull and I was like that for over a month, all of July, really. I was in the ICU. I don't remember any of that. And that was for four or five days, maybe more. Then I went to the step-down unit, which is like, you're just waiting to go somewhere. I was going to therapy one floor below. I remember a little bit from that, but not really. I was staying at my mom's, going to therapy. Therapy was, you know, kind of hard. My speech therapy was the hardest, and you can probably hear it in my speech that I'm messing up sometimes. Speech was the hardest. OT was okay. I went to a football game in Buffalo. Maybe a month after my after I left, I, I was really excited to go to that because I wanted to get out. Hello, Mark Goodyear here. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we hear from two survivors, Tommy McLean and Tasha Whiting. Tommy is from Pittsburgh and suffered a stroke at the age of 20. I worked in a kitchen, so that was kind of done after my stroke. I was a student up in, it's called Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, Slippery Rock University. It's uh, about an hour north of Pittsburgh. Um, I was studying to be a health and BE teacher. I played rugby, which is how I got my stroke. It happened in the summer, so I was only playing rugby and working. (laughs) So I was at a rugby sevens tournament. I was there, and basically I got hit. I don't even remember it, but I got hit. I suffered an embolic stroke first. And I kind of lost like my memory of that game. 
I knew I played four games, but I didn't remember the the like apparently I scored an eighty yard try and had a throw in that was straight down. If you understand rugby, that's really bad. <laughs> but I don't remember it. And then I went up to my coach at halftime and all I said was, Can I have a break? And it was not English, really. <laughs> so I went down. One of the players' girlfriends, like, sat with me, asked me, like, all these things, and I wasn't answering correctly. Now I know, but I couldn't remember, like, getting in the ambulance, going to the hospital. I don't remember any of that. I remember there were two hospitals for them to go to. It was Presbyterian or something, and Mercy Hospital, and they were going to Presbyterian. And then decided they had to turn back and go to Mercy because they figured out I had a stroke. So I got my stroke. They go up, get the plot, and bring it down. And then I suffered a hemorrhagic stroke. So two strokes in about five hours. (laughs) And I was really bad. They cut out half my skull. And I was like that for over a month, all of July, really. I was in the ICU. I don't remember any of that. And that was for four or five days, maybe more. Then I went to the step down unit, which is like, you're just waiting to go somewhere. I was going to therapy one floor below. I remember a little bit from that, but not really. I mean, all the people who came to visit me and I don't remember it. Then I was in the therapy unit and I didn't remember the beginning of that. My first memory would it was rugby, of course. Uh, the British and Irish Lions were playing South Africa. That My coach sent me his login information to watch it, and that's what I did. So I guess the first time was watching the British and Irish Lions. Tommy had to have an operation that involved removing part of his skull. They put it back in early August. I left August 10th. We went home. I, that's when I was staying at my mom's because my apartment up in Slippery Rock was, they had moved out of it and they have moved all of our stuff in and then we moved again and it was just craziness. But I was staying at my mom's, going to therapy. Therapy was, you know, kind of hard. My speech therapy was the hardest and you can probably hear it in my speech that I'm messing up sometimes. Speech was the hardest. OT was okay i went to a football game in buffalo maybe a month after my after i left i i was really excited to go to that because i wanted to get out and get away from everyone who was trying to help me and i i love everyone who's helping me but i had to get away <laughs> so we went to the football game and i was pretty good i sat down a little bit but that was it it was really fun the Steelers, my my hometown team, won the game. Then I started uh, training for a triathlon. And this was, I mean, it was about less than 12 months. Is why It's kind of crazy that I finished two triathlons before my year stroke anniversary. <laughs> I did pretty good. I, I trained well. The first one I did was a shorter version. So <laughs> I was the only one in my age group. So I technically won. It was 
crazy, but I was literally the only one. The second one, I was, I didn't, you know, win or anything like that, but I did good. The second one was a sprint triathlon, still the shortest, but <laughs> I did it. It was just a big moment. I went to school in the next semester, so I didn't go in the fall semester, but I went in the sp- spring semester. I don't think I should have gone. Honestly, I think I, I don't think I was ready. I just wanted to get out, get away from my mom, go back to school, even though I wasn't ready. But I mean, if I'm not going to school, what am I doing? It's nothing. That's how I felt about it. I only took three classes. This semester I took five, but that's all right. Because the next semesters I'm taking three and four classes. So pretty easy. I wasn't ready, but I was ready to get get away from my mom. (laughs) Even though I love my mom, I had to get away. So that's what I did. I had to take an extra year, sadly. But I guess having two strokes in one extra year isn't that bad. Tommy now experiences hemiparesis, which is a weakness or inability to move one side of his body. It was my right side that got hurt, and I'm a righty. So throwing a ball and basically writing. I I can do push-ups and stuff. I can't lift. I have to do dumbbells because it's my left side is just a lot stronger and will take over. But I can't write. I'm writing right now to practice and maybe I can write when I'm older. But I tell them like in class, I can't write like a paper or anything. I can't do it. And I feel kind of bad about it, but a lot of my professors don't know what a stroke is. And I had two of them when most of the students were having fun and getting crazy. In July, I was working on walking again. They still don't know that. So I'm okay with having something that like bothers them (laughs) while I had to walk. Basically, I do have to explain myself, but... I kind of stopped explaining myself and just let them think whatever they would think because they know I had two strokes, but they don't know what my body was going through. They have no idea. So I let them believe whatever they want to believe. In terms of recovery, Tommy has made great progress. All of the therapy was amazing. I mean, like these people taught me to walk in like under a month. That was pretty amazing. They taught me to do things with my right hand, but my right hand wasn't doing much. You know, I I could barely move it. And they taught me to use it to catch a ball or to do a push-up, which was on my knees and I couldn't do it, but they taught me to. I mean, speech was amazing. I, I don't know how they did it, but I mean, at the beginning, I couldn't talk and they taught me to have a conversation with them. And that's just amazing. I mean, I don't know what, <laughs> we gotta hand it to the, to the therapist and what they did because I was just laying in bed, not really doing anything. And they taught me to be a person again. I would like to get my right side up to equal strength and that's probably not gonna happen, but I would like to get it there. <laughs> I would like to be able to write again I want to get a job where, like, near my house, my mom's house, or my dad's, get a job there at one of the top schools, (laughs) get a good paycheck, (laughs) basically. 
get married. <laughs> I live with my girlfriend now, which I know sounds funny, but at the beginning I couldn't, I literally wasn't allowed to be alone. So we just had us move in together. To another stroke survivor, I would say keep your head up and keep moving because I was just a person laying in a bed and they got me up, they got me moving, they did everything they could. So keep your head up, keep moving, and you'll get where you want to be. And to a loved one, I would say be nice, be caring, but when they want to be left alone, leave them alone. I loved having them there, but I wanted a little bit less of them at the beginning. Coming up in the second part of Stroke Stories. I said to my husband, I've got a headache. He was like, okay, we'll sit down. And I sat down and I lay down. He called the ambulance because he said that it doesn't seem right. All I remember from that is I'm really tired. I'm really, my head is really hurting me. And that's all I remember. I don't remember any things at the beginning of the, any tests or anything. Don't remember it at all. I went on to rehab and it was brilliant. My first lesson with my feet, he told me, don't use your stick. You're not using your stick. You're going to walk. And he made me walk and I walked. Obviously, I'm still not walking great now, but I don't need a walking stick. Yeah, I don't need one. I just need to be careful when I walk, basically. Tasha Whiting is from Aylesford. She was 33 when she suffered her stroke. I worked three days a week in admin. On a Monday, I'd done teaching. And on Monday and Tuesday, I'd done Zumba dances at night. So... I had a busy life. I've got a six-year-old. I was about to go to Zimmer dance and um, I said to my husband, I've got a headache. He was like, okay, we'll sit down. And I sat down and I lay down. He called the ambulance because he said that it doesn't seem right. All I remember from that is I'm really tired. I'm really, my head is really hurting me. And that's all I remember I don't remember any things at the beginning of the any tests or anything. Don't remember it at all. I remember opening my eyes and seeing my sister and my mum. Tasha was eight weeks in hospital. And then I went on to rehab and it was brilliant. My first lesson with my feet, he told me, don't use your stick. You're not using your stick. You're going to walk. And he made me walk and I walked. Obviously, I'm still not walking great now. But I don't need a walking stick. Yeah, I don't need one. I just need to be careful when I walk, basically. They done um, speak and they helped me with that a lot. They helped me with my hand. And we had to do things like make egg and stuff like that, which which was brilliant. They just helped every single way they could. I'm home now. I could have stayed longer, but I, I, di- I didn't see my son for eight weeks and it absolutely killed me. So I'm still in contact with the rehab I'm going to places soon to help me do more extra to my learn, basically. They're still helping me. I want my walk to be the first one to finish. My sister, she helps me every day. I really want to drive eventually, not now, but eventually, because it's my life driving. So that will be my my thing. Tasha is working towards one day returning to work. I should be okay to do it. It's an admin job, a computer, but it depends on how... I don't think I'll be working there for a long time yet because I should be still in the rehab. So I'm actually will go back to work, but not for many, many months yet. I'm good now. Well, 
as good as I could be. I'm very thankful. We don't take you a day, but if you carry on do, just doing little bits, it helps you every single way. I do hands, some little hands day. I work with my foot every day, and every time it will make a difference. Just always keep your blood pressure checked as well. Both Tommy and Tasha are young stroke survivors, and they're both working extremely hard on their recoveries. Thank you very much for listening. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories on your preferred provider and rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a stroke story you can share, please get in touch. Our DMs are always open on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,